What is going on, everybody? Jonathan Henry here with Adam Ronas, bringing you another edition of the Anthea Podcast here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Uh, Adam, how's your week three uh, going so far? Obviously, recording here after the Sunday night game. Uh, what's your initial reactions to what we watched today? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty much a good day of football. Again, we had a lot of high-scoring games that we knew this week. Looking at the Vegas totals, they adjusted and boosted them up. Uh, apparently, not high enough. With that Sunday night game, Packers win 37-30. You know, both quarterbacks play well. I mean, obviously, Alvin Kamara, the story of the game. I mean, he only had six carries for 58 yards. What bell cow back is he? But 13 receptions for 139 yards and two touchdowns and an absolutely ridiculous run. I know people like it was terrible tackling still, man. He was bouncing off guys. Yeah, it wasn't great tackling, but still. He just kind of caught the pass. It was just jogging. And it looked like he was in slow motion half the time. And he just took it to the house. So, Kamara, I think if we're redrafting tomorrow, especially with the injuries to Barkley and McCaffrey, I think he's a no-brainer number one in PPR formats especially. Uh, I only have him in one league. And, unfortunately, I did have a draft right around when the whole contract, that Pedoral shot thing. And I was like, yeah, you know, might as well play it safe. Let me take Dalvin Cook at four. And... Cook, as you pointed out, pre-show conversation, has been good. He scored every week, but still, Kamara is just like a game changer, and there is an overall portion to this league. So I could add Kamara and Aaron Jones. That would have been a great combo, but I don't have to settle for Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones uh, came through in this game. You know, the one surprising part was Aaron Jones not heavily involved in the passing game. And I thought he would be with no Devontae Adams. We've seen Rodgers gravitate towards Aaron Jones a lot. He only had two receptions for 17 yards, uh, but did have 69 rushing with a touchdown. Uh, but the Packers are 3-0, and and I'm a little surprised by that. You know, all last year I thought the Packers overachieved, and a lot of the analytics and numbers backed it up. Uh, they've come out, and they put up at least 37 points in the first three games, beating the Vikings, which – it's not an impressive victory when we look back and see how bad they are. The Lions, not too impressive. But they went in on the road against the Saints and won. And, yeah, there's no crowd. But still, I actually thought the Saints would bounce back and play better. But uh, I guess the Saints defense is not as good as we thought. Yeah, I mean, the Saints in general seemingly struggling a little bit there. I mean, obviously last week uh, losing to the Raiders and then coming home, uh, you know, place where they don't typically lose. And now they lose to the Packers here so. Uh, you know, some early season struggles uh, as a Camara owner myself. Uh, I'm hoping Michael Thomas, you know, decides to sit out a few more weeks because uh, I think Camara is just absorbing, uh, you know, a lot of those looks because Breeze is just checking down to him. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if Michael Thomas was active, if we would see Camara with, you know, 13, 14 targets or whatever it was that he had today. Um, but as a Camara owner, I had a huge comeback win uh, in a league of mine. Uh, definitely worked out. And yeah, that screen pass where you just kind of was playing pinball. Uh, some it was definitely bad tackling, especially as he got down the field. One of their uh, safeties came up, basically just tried to like push him and he just bounced right off of it and walked into the end zone. So um, pretty rough showing there. But overall, I mean, you're not wrong. There's a lot of been a lot of high scoring uh, games this week. I'm trying to do like a quick tally of, of a look here. But it seems like a lot of these games today hit the over, as you mentioned. Um, you know, and we're going to start seeing probably some higher totals, maybe some higher point spreads as well uh, with some of these teams that aren't off to great starts. I mean, yeah, look, I mean, look at these games. We have uh, 69 between the Cowboys and Seahawks, and that over under I think was 55-56. Bears-Falcons, 56. Rams-Bills, 67. 
Browns, Washington, 54. Titans, Vikings, 61. Raiders, Patriots, 56. Okay, now we get down to the crappy Giants who can't score a touchdown. 45 with the 49ers. Um, I think they went over. That's still I think that was 42, over. right? Still hit the over, yeah. Bengals, Eagles, 46 in overtime. I don't remember offhand what that total was going in. That might have been an under, right? I would miss uh, the under by a half a point from what I'm looking at. Uh, Texans, Steelers, 49. That's an over, right? Uh, Texas Steelers, where are we here? Uh, that went over by two and a half. Colts, Jets was 43. I think that, wasn't it 42 total? Yeah, uh, so, uh, so I, I guess it depends on where, where lines are. Right. The, the site that I have pulled up, that one missed it by a point. Yeah, and then um, Panthers, Chargers had to be an under at 37. Bucks, Broncos was probably an under at 38. Under. Lions, Cardinals, 49. And then Packers, Saints were clearly an over. So, yeah, I mean, most of these games went over. So, uh, and there were some high lines this so, week. So, actually, Detroit, Arizona went under because that oh, over was like 54. Oh, was it 54? Yeah, it jumped up pretty, like, as we got close to kickoff, it jumped up pretty high. Okay, so I guess they did adjust for that one. Yeah, you know what? You're right, because people did expect that to be one of the highest-scoring games of the week. Uh, some turnovers in that probably cost it, but Patriots-Saints, I mean, Packers-Saints clearly went over. And, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's something to keep a, an eye on uh, to see what they do. And we know in the Monday night game, 54-and-a-half, I see, for Baltimore-Kansas City. That's going to be an interesting one because you're having, obviously, a really strong defense um, you know, with the Ravens, and we saw Kansas City have a little trouble last week against, you know, a tougher defense uh, with the Chargers. Uh, so I'm, I, mean, I am curious, you know, I know obviously all the high power that Kansas City brings with their offense, but I'm curious exactly to see, uh, you know, how they stack up against a strong defense here. Um, you know, obviously the other side of the ball, uh, the Ravens are going to look to run. Uh, you know, are they going to be able to get some big plays? Uh, I'm a bit skeptical on the over in that one, you know, just based off what I've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, look, the Ravens have faced the Browns. And who did they play last week? Uh, the Ravens played the Texans. Okay. Yeah. Well, if the Ravens have their way and do run the ball, that's the one thing is they can chew up the clock. And, you know, that's what happened to the Chiefs actually last week against the Chargers. They didn't have the ball. They had the ball for almost 23 minutes in regulation. So that was part of the problem. So clearly that's going to be Baltimore's game plan is keep that prolific Chiefs offense off the field and just stick with what they do. Uh, but then again, it's Monday night, and I don't. I think the Chargers' defense is good. I know that they did not win today, but I, I don't know if it was they all. They held them like seven field goals. So yeah. I mean... So I don't think that that's a bad defense. It was also a divisional game. I mean, the divisional games, these teams know each other well and crazy things happen. I think Kansas City, though, will be ready for this. Everyone's talking about this game. A lot of people think this could be a preview of the AFC Championship. So uh, I think we will see points here. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's going to at least be a very entertaining game. That I'm pretty excited. It better be because we got Broncos and Jets on Thursday. So you can't leave us. What a bad performance. Saints-Packers was entertaining tonight. Good game. Kept us watching to the end. I'm sure the Chiefs-Ravens will. Maybe we'll get one of those classics. Remember that Chiefs-Rams game? Was that two years ago? Remember? It was like 54, 51 or something crazy. So maybe we get something like that. Because Jets-Broncos, I don't know how to spin it for Thursday in a positive way. I can't even say, well, fantasy. Really? 
Who's playing? Who are you playing in fantasy night game outside of Melvin Gordon? Maybe right? Yeah, maybe, I was gonna say it's probably maybe maybe KJ Hamler, maybe uh, Noah Fant. I don't know. Fant? I look. I like Hamler, and I added him in a couple leagues for cheap this week while everyone was spending money. But I don't know if I can start him just yet. I mean, we saw Tim Patrick get a touchdown today. Yeah. Fan, you're right. Fan, um, tight ends. Yeah. Um, but then but it's we, like, what if Blake Bortles is a starting quarterback this week? Like, you know. Yeah, they brought in Rippin in place of Driscoll. Um, I know. For, I, I, well, I think it's because they just brought in Bortles. I don't know if, you know, he had any of the reps yet. But I don't know. You don't bring in a guy like that, I don't think, just to – I mean, I don't know. It's Blake Bortles. What am I talking about, right? It doesn't really matter. Either way, that's a crappy game that we don't yeah, I mean, it, time it, on today. We, we had more <laughs> hype, I think, for Miami-Jacksonville because of the, you know, the Minshew Mania last Thursday yeah. and everything that was going on. And obviously, that was kind of a a little bit of a letdown there for sure. But yeah, I mean, how did schedule makers look at this game and think, yeah, Denver, Jets, this is the game we want on prime time? Like, what what was the expected upside of the New York Jets this year? They were well, going to be one of the first football teams in football. Uh, I don't think anyone thought it was going to be this pathetic. Uh, we knew they were to be good, but I mean, like everyone's hurt. Also, I, I believe, I don't know if everyone has to play a Thursday game or at least one primetime game. And it seems like they're like, all right, well, we'll put the lower tier matchups on Thursday. And look, we got a, the Browns Bengals was not what anyone anticipated to be like, oh, I look forward to this. And it was a good game. We weren't as fortunate with Miami in Jacksonville, and this week we definitely get a dud. And then I looked at the week five Buccaneers Bears. That's not terrible. It's not great, but it's not no, terrible. Tom, I mean, Brady, Brady looked better today. I loved how you know we got the chatter from Arians all week, right? Like you know our <laughs> offense doesn't throw to the tight ends. You know, Gronkowski's like, I'm here to block. And then today he has his best game uh, of the season. Now it wasn't like a fantastic game. He didn't go out and like blow doors, but I think he was like the most targeted player on their team. He uh, was with seven, six yeah. for forty eight. So. He was probably dropped in a lot of leagues. Would you add him? And pit I would definitely. Spe- I mean, I would add him speculatively. Again, I'm not ready to throw him in and be like, Gronk is back. Let's go. But I mean, Chris Godwin got hurt again in this game, pulled yeah. hamstring. So, I mean, maybe you know, I I think it, it's you know, I'm a type of guy that that I, I want to see it happen again before I buy back. But you know, after getting like four total targets, I think it was through the first two, couple games, he got seven today. So. Uh, it's something to watch. I mean, Brady, you can't deny that Brady and Gronk have that chemistry. So, Yeah, and I will say this. Uh, I didn't look at it closely, but it felt to me that this was a week where tight ends really disappointed. They did. Only It was only like Jimmy Graham had like uh, a good game, pretty much. Uh, Graham had two scores today, 10 targets. Um, yeah, he, he was pretty much – and I think he actually dropped a touchdown – I think he could have had a three-touchdown game, if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think, my, rack my brains. Graham had a good game. I think Hunter Henry was okay. Um, yeah, John who had double digits in a yeah. PPR. But, yeah, you know, and I don't know if it's just the one week. Because, actually, you know what it was? It was a lot of the scrub tight end scoring. Because I had tweeted out, I'm like, a lot of tight ends went off today, but none of them are on your fantasy team. Yeah, Logan Thomas got a ton of targets again today. but like Yeah, he, but he only had, like, Six points in a PBR. Yeah, yeah, it was. He had like four for thirty-five, I think, today or yeah. something. Yeah, he's but, he's getting targeted. I mean, you have to love the targets. I'm just waiting for maybe they eventually go to Alex Smith and you get a more accurate quarterback out there, and maybe Thomas then becomes more value. I mean, he's he got seven targets today. I think he had eight the last two games or something like that, in the, at least in that range. 
So I love the opportunity he's getting. You just they're not able to connect. Um, you know, just Haskins just isn't has no touch. I saw him just throwing fastballs all over the field anytime Red Zone would cut to them. Yeah, no, he was pretty bad. But uh, yeah, so our here are the leaders: uh, Tyler Croft, four for twenty-four and two oh, touchdowns yeah. Yeah. on no one's team. Eric Ebron, maybe someone might have played him, five for fifty-two and a touchdown. Robert Tanyan in the night game, five for fifteen, a touchdown. No one played him. I'm sure no one played Mo Ali Cox this week with Jack Doyle back. He was three for fifty and a touchdown. Zach Ertz, there you go, seven for seventy. To Pete Goddard, Perry, you'll take and, it. And that's only happened because Goddard and Djax got hurt. So right, Jesse James, three for twenty-eight and a touchdown. No one's team. Greg Olson, I don't think anyone's playing him. Five for sixty-one. John o. Smith, five for sixty-one. Got you double digits in the PPR. You mentioned Henry, five for fifty. Fant, five for forty-six. Hawkins in four for fifty-three. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Even Gusecki on Thursday only had one catch and went for a 50-yard score. So, yeah, Hayden Hurst, one catch, one yard, one touchdown. Yeah, one, yeah, that's one it. Catch, one yard touchdown, yeah. So, and I don't know. Now, look, we know the tight end is a fluky position where you get a lot of down weeks. Uh, but I feel, I feel like every year, the last couple of years, everyone's like, oh, tight end so deep this year. You can get so many guys. And then – the season begins and like we get to week four or five and we're like, oh, no, that's not the case. You kind of need Kelsey, Kittle, Mark Andrews. Well, that's the other thing, too. We yeah. still didn't have Kelsey or Mark yeah, Andrews. Yeah, Andrews go. and Kelsey Evan, weren't on any like the main slate. So the and top Kittle two guys didn't, were out And there. Kittle was out. Yeah, Kittle was out. Waller was hurt, you know. Well, he uh, was hurt, and I think also New England took him out. Like, look, yeah. you didn't need to be a genius to figure out this week. Darren Waller was not going to do what he did last week against the Saints. No. Bill Belichick was not letting that happen, and he was banged up. Now, he had no targets in the first half, and I think he only finished with two, so that definitely was surprising. But yeah, they, had, uh, they had Kyle Duggar on him. He was the second-round pick New England took this year. And, like, Belichick was initially sort of panned on taking that pick because he was from, like, a D2 school, and nobody ever really heard of where he played from. But he was like a freak athlete there, and he showed up really well in the Senior Bowl. But there was obviously like some safeties from like better schools that were on the board. So when he took Kyle Duggar, everybody's like, here's Bill trying to be the smartest man on the field again. But Duggar was out there basically blanketing Wallow the entire game. So uh, he may have actually hit on a, on a big playmaker there. Yeah, I'm sure his dog helped him with that pick. Yeah, right. Draft. Yeah, Nike was the one that <laughs> his made dog the at the computer. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was not a great week. For tight end so far. I mean, Kelsey and Andrews are in everyone's lineup, so we don't even need to talk about them. But as far as these other guys that, you know, people were hoping to get production from every single week, you have to understand that is a position that is fluky. I mean, look, Tyler Higby, everyone loved him last week with three touchdowns, two for 40 this week. Oh, man, the position, like you said, you know, it's just what are you going to how are you going to. Uh, I guess not overreact to the right. Like we we talk a lot about not overreacting to poor performances and having an understanding of you know expectations on players. So uh, it's sort of like not to uh, you know take a bad bad game and overreact to it. Don't take a great game and overreact to it. You know. Yeah, and just you have to understand. You know, outside of the elite tight ends, you're going to get some weeks like this where you, they just don't come through. Uh, you know, Which is why I preach heavily about finding targets. Like a lot of people are like, well, he only had three catches. I'm like, yeah, but he had like eight targets. So like the opportunity was there. So if a guy is continually getting targets, I value that more than a guy who every week is getting, you know, catching four passes on four. You know, like I'll take the opportunity over the efficiency, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the, the one that you brought up was Logan Thomas. I mean, that's a guy that I do like. I picked him up in a couple leagues. I only started him in one 
because I have George Kittle and I, he was the guy I picked up a couple weeks ago. Um, And then I picked him up at two other leagues, but you know, kind of as a backup to see. Jordan Reed got hurt again, by the way, no shock there. Yeah, he did. I mean, I don't know if it was the, I saw the play. I don't know if it was the turf uh, because they were at my life again. Um, I I think think he just turned his ankle and then they wrapped it up. He tried to go back out there and he just couldn't get it done. My guess is George Kittle is good to go next week. I think they were being extra cautious. Number one, they probably figured, all right, look, we don't need George Kittle to beat the Giants. We just had several players get hurt on this field. You have a bad knee, just sit it out. Uh, So I'm expecting Kittle to return next week, although they do play Sunday night, so that can be tricky. Um, And I would say, well, you could just get Jordan Reed, but now we don't know about him. It's unfortunate because that guy's a really good, talented football player, and he just can't escape injuries, uh, whether I'm it's concussion, knees, hammy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's At this point, you just don't want to see that guy get a concussion. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, some of the things we, we talked a lot about uh, in draft season this year was about, like, the need not necessarily to, to pay all the way up for a quarterback. Uh, you know, going for Mahomes or Lamar, we were kind of preaching get those skill position players because, uh, you know, there's going to be good quality quarterbacks there. Um, you know, in the middle to late, you know, later rounds of that draft. I don't think we expected this though, but like Josh Allen uh, making a push to being like, you know, the QB one, obviously Russell Wilson has it there, but uh, you know, are we going to, you know, do we have to now take Josh Allen more seriously after facing a strong team like the Rams? You know, we saw the Jets, we saw the Dolphins. We're like, all right, do it again against a better defense. And here he is four more touchdowns, 311 yards, completing 72% of his passes. Also scored on the ground again. Five total TDs for him this week. Uh, you know, Josh Allen's going, what do you think? What was it like sixth round in some drafts? I mean, seventh round in some drafts. He's he's really taking that leap. Yeah, and I think a lot of – you mentioned the draft price. So I think a lot of people expected it. Um, well, maybe I don't know if they expected this level because I think we're surprised with the way Buffalo has opened it up. I think going into the week, they were near the top – in employing four wide receiver sets. And I don't think we expected them to be this wide open. So that's been the surprise. Now they had a huge lead today of 28 to three, which is definitely not a good lead to have in the NFL as we've seen in the past, Uh, but they did come back. They did get a fortunate pass interference call. The game should have been over. Rams should have won. They caught the break they took advantage and they kicked a field goal. No, they got a touchdown, won the game. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people were doubting Allen and said, all right, well, let's see him do it against the Rams defense. And, look, Rams defense is is good, but I don't even know if there's, like, any unbeatable defense right now. You want to point out Baltimore? Well, maybe, but we'll see. But, like, there's really no defense that you should fear in the NFL right now. And Yeah, maybe I thought the Steelers would have been a defense that no, we should, yeah. you know, give some, but they really haven't shown too much, you know, so far through the three weeks. Yeah, I mean, they the Texans were moving the ball today. And, you know, I know a lot of people were concerned with Deshaun Watson. I think I ranked him 11th or 12th quarterback. So it's not like I said, but, you know, basically you're starting him. You just have to lower expectations. Whenever you have a quarterback that I typically rank in the top seven every week and then you move him to 12, it's like, all right, you're going to start him unless maybe there's someone here that just got boosted this week. You're just lowering expectations. But the Texans schedule to start was ridiculous. And I said it last week, like, that now's the time, well, it was before this game probably, to buy low on the Texans. I mean, they started with the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Steelers. I mean, really, can you get much worse than that? And that's why they're 0-3. So we've kind of, I think, what was it? They, were they 0-3 last year? They were definitely 0-2. I don't know if they were 0-3, and then they made that Yeah, they got, off to, they got off to a bad start. But the problem is, you know, they don't have 
Well, I guess I can't say they don't have the talent, right? Like DeAndre Hopkins isn't there anymore. Will Fuller at least was able to bounce back from his, you know, zero catch game from last week to find the end zone this week. David Johnson got into the end zone. But I was saying that to a lot of people in our chat who were basically ready to give up on the Texans on a whole. I'm like, look at who they've played through three weeks. They basically had the hardest schedule in football. Then look what they got coming ahead to them. They have some of the easiest matchups that you can find. I mean, I'm expecting big bounce back performances from pretty much all of them, uh, as long as they can all stay healthy at least. Yeah, look at the schedule. Vikings, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Cleveland. They're going to throw all over those teams. They're going to score – there's not a good defense among the among the bunch. So yeah. So you, if you have Deshaun Watson and you made it this far, maybe you're one and two. Don't worry, don't panic because it's going to be fine going forward. And you know maybe Fuller has some bigger games. Cobb got into the end zone today. Yeah, I mean it's not they don't he doesn't have that go to guy, but he also hasn't really worked with these guys much outside of Will Fuller. So and, and they've had challenging defenses. So I, I think they get better going forward. And uh, I would have been buying low in leagues that you could trade on the Texans uh, before this week, because when people see Minnesota on the slate next week, they're like, Oh wait, I, I kind of want to, I want to hold my Texans. And then they have the big games and then forget it. You can't buy them. I mean, the yeah. same thing this week I was talking about with Allen Robinson. I mean, it, that was the week to buy. Now we didn't o- only Mitch Trubisky, right, John. So Mitch Trubisky is two and zero going into today. And he was not good, but it's not like he was, awful and he gets pulled and the team wins so he's a, a quarterback of a 3-0 and team and he's not going to probably start going for it you got to figure they stick with Foles who led them to a comeback against Atlanta who collapses for the second straight week they allowed 20 points in the fourth quarter and scored none Foles came in three touchdowns 188 he did have an interception could have had another one wasn't sacked but I think as an Allen Robinson owner, you're you're pretty thrilled about this. They, they lost Tariq Cohen in this game. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. Yeah, torn ACL is yeah. what's being reported. I don't know if that was confirmed. I think it, they usually know torn ACL pretty much immediately. Yeah, yeah, right. They, they're It's just awaiting for the official MRI to show that it was. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do now to replace him. I mean, I hope they're not going to go to Cordell Patterson and start using him as that guy, but – uh, you know, the way they use Patterson can certainly make sense. We'll have to see if they add anybody or if maybe they finally start using Montgomery more in the passing game. I mean, we heard coming out of college, Montgomery could catch the football and we didn't really get to see it because they had uh, Cohen in that role. So it'll be interesting to see the boost uh, there. But I mean, if you're Chicago, you traded for Nick Foles this offseason to replace Mitch Trubisky. I, I didn't understand why I thought the whole quarterback competition would have been sort of a charade. You know, like, oh, no, Mitch is in this one, wink, wink, you know, and then week one falls. And, you know, Trubisky didn't look good until the fourth quarter against the Lions. Didn't look great last week against the Giants. And, yeah, didn't look great this week against the Falcons. So uh, not surprising to see Foles come in. But I don't think Nick Foles is really that good of a quarterback either. I mean, we've only seen him have be successful for certain stretches with Philadelphia. Uh, didn't look good at all in his, you know, limited starts with Jacksonville last year. So, uh you know, I guess we'll wait and see how much of an improvement it really is. But uh, at least for that one game, like you said, guys like Allen Robinson came through. Anthony Miller, who I started this week again, despite his goose egg last week, found the end zone. Uh, and then Jimmy Graham, who I took in a lot of best balls. Um, and I took him in the two tight end league that we do for Sirius XM, uh, 4th of July, or Independence Day Invitational League. Uh, I took Jimmy Graham as my tight end, too, in that one. So, uh, you know, at least he came through there. Yeah, he had 10 targets and. You know, look, Robinson to me, it didn't matter who was the quarterback because we've seen him play with terrible quarterbacks throughout his career. But Trubisky was not really helping him at all the first couple weeks. And uh, 
we see it. Quarterback comes in the game, provides some life. Now, I agree with you. I don't think Foles is as good either. I know he won the Super Bowl with the Eagles, but had that magical year. Corey Clement was out of bounds. Yeah. Uh, But I understand why they started with Trubisky, because it's easier to replace him. Because if you trade for Foles, put him in there, and Foles sucks, it's kind of hard to go to Trubisky. Now it's like, hey, look, Trubisky, I know we didn't pick (laughs) up your fifth-year option. We traded for Foles, but here's your shot. Yeah, right. If you you falter, that's it. We're going to Foles. And uh, that's what's crazy is he's sitting there like, wait, I'm 2-0, and we're only down 16-10 at the half. And you're going to replace me? But that just showed you how short the leash was. And, you know, they were fortunate that they came back in week one against Detroit, a team that perennially blows those games. And then he had the terrible Giants last week who almost came back. And then I guess they said, you know what? We've had enough. Like, this is an Atlanta team. If we want to do anything this year, we got to win. I can't believe this team is 3 out. Like, this is not a good football team. No, they're not a good football team. And they're going to get exposed. But – like, I, mean, I know my Cowboys defense sucks, but you can't tell me the Bears are a better team than Dallas. So, like, I, I still feel like I have, like, an impression that the Bears defense is good. And, like, that's that was, like, about the, the rebuttal I was about to have. I'm like, no, they're not good, but, like, their defense is good. So, like, if their defense is good, then maybe they can gain manage their way. But is their defense good? I mean, they're giving up. It's okay. I mean, I, like I said, I don't, I don't even know if there's any good defenses anymore. Really. Like... We'll we'll see about the Ravens. Like, they're good, but, like, are, are you fearful of them? Like, oh, I can't start anyone against the Ravens? I don't know. And you mentioned Pittsburgh. I think people kind of felt that way. But, I mean, Deshaun Watson had 264 and two touchdowns today. Not a great yeah. game, but that's not – you're like, all right, I'll take that. You know, Fuller had a touchdown. Cobb had four for 96. They didn't, they didn't shut this team down. They gave up 21 points. Now, they didn't give up anything in the second half. That might be a reflection of Bill O'Brien being a crappy coach, you know, making no adjustments and all that. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I don't know if there's many defenses we fear anymore. I'm waiting for Bill O'Brien, the GM, to maybe fire Bill O'Brien, the coach. Uh, oh, I don't think that's ever going uh, to happen. That's a, a poorly run organization so far. Uh, you know, I understand that they couldn't pay Hopkins and Watson, and they decided to lock up the franchise quarterback, and – I agree. I make that. That makes total sense. But uh, like, like fantasy defenses, right? You know, every year there's always a couple like, oh, that like with the Patriots last year in the first half, like you had them. It was yeah. a huge advantage. I don't feel that way about anyone. I mean, maybe it's Baltimore. I kind of want to see what they do tomorrow. Right. But like, you know, I loved Tampa this week. Tampa, I think Tampa had a huge good. game. The Colts had a good well, game. Man, they went against the Jets and Donald yeah. immediately threw a pick six. And I wrote, I wrote the Jets. Open with a pick six, and then I was like, I retweeted myself and quoted and said, I didn't think I needed to clarify that the Jets threw it. <laughs> you know, it's like you did. Yeah, the Jets. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it is Philip Rivers, so it could have happened on the other side. But yeah, I mean, the Colts were an easy play this week. But I'm saying that the Colts are defense. You're not playing every week. I uh, thought they were a good stream in Week One against Jacksonville, and they were garbage. Well, this is so, why I don't invest in defenses and drafts. Like people well, should. Even- the 49ers in like, you know, the, you know, the 11th yeah, round, it, 12th round. Yeah, and I, and I know they've had a lot of injuries, but they were not going to be as good as they were last year defensively anyway. Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, I, I'm never a guy that goes ahead and jumps and takes the defense early. I'd rather just sort of find my mix and match and see which way we go. I was able to pick up the Colts in some leagues this week, you know, and I was able to start them, which worked out perfectly fine. Um, you know, I've re- ever had the Cardinals as my defense in some leagues, so – I'm basically just riding whoever's got the best matchup week to week and uh, 
kind of letting it fly there because it's really. But I think it's going to be more difficult this year, though. Well, like, I mean, because well, I, I have Arizona in a co- I have Arizona in a couple leagues. I have the Rams in one. I have Tampa Bay in one that I played this week. Uh, the Chargers I played yeah. in one. The, the Melvin Melvin Ingram going on IR and then they lost Dermot James early in the year. Like that's not you know great for the Chargers defense. Um, I mean, but if you yeah, I mean they played the Panthers though. You figure all right if there's any week to use them, it's just. But then there's a lot of garbage ones on the waiver. So, like, we yeah. do – like, I'm with you, and I do tell everyone to stream defenses. I think it's going to be more difficult this year. Yeah, it could be. I, I think there's also some – like, if you you have to at least be aggressive on the waiver if you're going to do that because there's going to be matchups that you can certainly target. And maybe it'll be a defense that you don't really trust or want to play. But, you know, basically, you know, if you find yourself, you know, whoever the Jets are playing this week, you know, check and see if they're on the waiver wire, right? And, and maybe it's worth – throwing a few bucks on them while, uh, you know, other people are trying to get them for, for cheap and, you know, secure. So, you're on, that so you're on the Broncos this week since they're in New Jersey to take on the Jets. Yeah, I, I'm right. I mean, I don't know. They're I mean, probably available in a lot of leagues. Yeah, I'm sure they are. They, they haven't been good. <laughs> like the, the the biggest worry I have about owning the Broncos defense is if, you know, uh, Driscoll throws a pick six, spot. that somehow yeah. hurts you, you know? There, you know, there's, I forgot what scoring, what site, they took that away this year. I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember which it should be. Like the defense yeah. should not get penalized for you. The offense throwing a pick six. Yeah, no, I can't I, remember I, I, what site that was though. I don't know if it was ah, maybe was it RT Sports Chat. I don't know. I got to find out. But I remember seeing that someone. I was it like, oh, that's be, great. like you said, it used to infuriate me on like DraftKings where I have a you know like oh good my defense is doing good and then pick six comes away and I lose like four points. I'm like that wasn't even the defense. You know like. Yeah, no, that's the worst. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Adam, I'm not sure if you have uh, you know, checked out Monkey Knife Fight. We have the Monkey Knife Fight uh, football article done by Sean Mitchell now, uh, posting up on Wager Long. Today he gave you the 8x return prop bet, uh, and he hit all four picks. Uh, so if you bet it, you got eight times your money back. Um, and we'll go ahead and listen to the sponsor right now. Uh, we'll get back to you in a moment. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and esports, too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A N T E U P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> And we're back here, Adam. Uh, this sort of week three uh, review. Uh, any sort of uh, hot takes, final thoughts, uh, words of wisdom to the people out there? Um, Russell Wilson, man. 
we heard the phrase let, let Russ cook and they're doing it and he's just delivering. And I always said like, let Russell Wilson throw 550, 600 times. This guy could throw 40, 45 touchdowns. He's been so efficient. And Chris Carson went down late in this game with a knee injury. We don't know the extent of it as of now. We didn't, I didn't hear anything. It really yeah, didn't look good. I, I'm going to look real quick. I haven't seen an update on that though. Yeah, I haven't either. And look, they were running less anyway to begin with. And I think maybe it's a combination of a change in philosophy. I also think it's their defense is really bad. Like people remember Seattle. What do we think? Oh, the defense, they're physical. This defense is just not that good. I mean, they've been giving up points left and right. I mean, we saw New England drive down the field late. You know, they could have potentially won that game. Uh, Atlanta put up 25. I mean, Dak was driving down the field through, through the pick late, um, but their defense isn't good. And um, it's not even that – Russ is not, still not even thrown that much either. 35 pass attempts week one. That's not crazy. 28 in week two. And then even today, it still wasn't a lot. He is just so efficient. He should have had another touchdown too. DK Metcalf oh, play. Dude. That like DK Metcalf, man, what the hell are you thinking? He threw 40 times today. So yeah, this was a game they let him. But yeah, DK Metcalf catches a pass, beats Diggs badly, and then struts like at the four, three yard line and digs with a great hustle play. You know, he's a rookie. He got beat bad, but he didn't give up. A lot of guys sometimes just hang their head and just stop and let the guy go in. He went after Metcalf and jarred the ball loose before Metcalf got in the end zone and went for a touchback. I mean, that was just brutal. I mean, especially if you use Metcalf and DFS, that could have been another six, and you get charged with the lost fumble. But, man, Russell Wilson is playing ridiculous football right now, and he always has. It's just this start to the season has been insane. And, you know, there was talk about how he's never gotten an MVP vote, and maybe that's something they really want to do for him this year. But you got to be thrilled if you have Russell Wilson right now. And I only have him in best ball. I didn't get him in any redraft. I had him in a lot of redraft leagues last year because he was in the double-digit rounds. This year, you had to spend seventh, eighth-round pick, you know, right after Dak Prescott, who's also put up numbers. But, man, uh, Russell Wilson. And I had a conversation, I think it was with Howard, and I said, why was everyone in the pre – I don't know if you agree with me, but, like, I thought people were, like, disrespecting Tyler Lockett in drafts. Like, this guy is good. People – I think people forgot – his second half last year, he was hurt. Yeah. You go, go look at what he did in the first half. He was a top five, top 10 wide receiver. In fact, in the rankings this week, I had both Lockett and Metcalf top 10 because I knew they were going to shred this Cowboys defense. Yeah. But Tyler Lockett in one of my drafts went like fifth, sixth round. I remember the, my NFSC draft. I think I passed on him on the – let me see. So I had the second pick. So I guess he almost made it back to me in round five. And I was like, yo, Lockett's going to make it back. And he did it. And I was – or – Everybody was just in on Metcalf this year. So it made Lockett fall. And I think people were so high on Metcalf, it made it seem as if Lockett was going to be, uh, you know, second fiddle. But you're – I mean, the targets are there. He's very efficient, which is what I like. He's very efficient with the number of targets too. Like you see Metcalf and he's, you know, four or five for eight or nine targets. But it's like 90 yards and a score because they're all deep shots with him, you know. But Lockett moves the chains. He can get in the end zone. He can stretch the field. He literally does everything you want for him as a receiver. And uh, it's look- not it's not just the touchdowns, man. He had 17 in a PPR yeah. in week one. Yeah. He had 19 in week two. Yes, three touchdowns today. You're like, oh, this is when you talk. No, I've said this conversation before the year, and I had Lockett. Look, I love both of them. 
I had Lockett, I think, maybe two spots higher. And I understand Metcalf is the more you think he has the massive ceiling because he's a guy that can dominate. We saw what he did last week against Gilmore. And you think, all right, well, who has a better chance to get 12 touchdowns? It's Metcalf. But Lockett is just worked with Russell Wilson for so long. You messaged his efficiency. He had, a re- he had an insane efficiency two years ago. And people were like, oh, that's not going to repeat. And he still had a ridiculous efficiency last year. I don't know. I just and and what pisses me off? I don't have Lockett in any redraft leagues, and I was high on him. I ranked him high. I wrote, talked about it. It's and that's the worst thing. This has probably happened to you as an analyst too. Like you talk a lot about a player, you like him, and then you look at your draft. You're like, wait, how did I not get him anywhere? And a lot of it depends on where you pick. But I'm just disgusted that I don't have Lockett anywhere outside of best ball because I had said it. I'm like, wait, why is this guy going in the fifth round? I agree. It, it didn't make much sense to me either. Uh, quick scan of Twitter. It looks like Pete Carroll said that they uh, Carson has a knee sprain. Um, again, it wasn't a, a blue checkmark reporter, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll have to uh, live with that for now and we'll wait for an official team statement. Yeah, so Carlos Hyde could be on the waiver wire for some leagues. He would become a pickup. Now, they do use Homer a little bit in the passing game. Seems like teams don't want to throw to Hyde much, but – that would just probably boost the passing game even more. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, Carson very is also been productive in this offense, and they've been throwing at him more. But uh, Seattle definitely uh, has been impressive on the offensive side. Uh, but, we, again, we've seen a, a lot of uh, big-time offensive production, unless your teams are from New York. That is true, unless your teams are from New York. Outside of the Bills. They count, right? They're in New York. Yeah, they count. They're not in Canada yet, you know, so they're uh, they're right on the edge there. Buffalo, man. Uh, John Brown, uh, hurt today. Didn't get any points, but Cole Beasley, over 100 yards receiving today. Uh, Stephon Diggs looking really strong still. Uh, I tried to tell everybody that was all about Singletary this week uh, with no Zach Moss. I'm like, Josh Allen's still going to vulture that touchdown when it comes down to it. And uh, that ended up being the, uh, the case today. Um, again, Adam, right before we wrap up here, uh, quick thought on the NBA Finals. Heat obviously beat the Celtics. They go ahead. They face the Lakers. Lakers are huge uh, favorites in this one. Uh, how many games do you see this one going? Uh, I'm going to say six. I do give the Heat a chance, though, man. They've been so impressive. Uh, beating the Bucks, beating the Celtics, man. They just have, like, this killer instinct. Nothing phases them. You know, Bam Adebayo says, we lost game five because of me. I was terrible. Takes accountability and comes out and balls out in game six. Um, So, obviously, the Lakers have the two best players, LeBron and Anthony Davis. And they've only lost three games in the playoffs. They lost game one of the first two series and came out one four straight. And then in this series, they lost game – no, they lost game two, right? Yeah. Yeah, against Denver, right? They lost game two, right? Yeah, I think Murray had a that was the game Murray had a huge one, right? Right, and then Davis hit the uh, buzzer beating three in game three. So, and Denver deserves a ton of credit, man. I mean, they never gave up. A lot of teams would have folded coming back from three one twice, and even the series against the Lakers. I mean, they did not really get blown out in any of these games outside of game one. So, Denver deserves a ton of credit, man. They showed so much resolve and an amazing run for them. Uh, and Miami's been very impressive, but yeah, I, I think the Lakers win in six. I could see it going seven, but I'll say six. How about you? I got them in five. I, I five. think there'll be I think there'll be one game where, like you know, like you said, maybe Tyler Hero gets it going again, or 
uh, you know, Goran Dragic has one big game or like what somebody uh, on Miami is going to have a huge game and push them over for one, but I, th- I think it's going to go five. Um, you know, how much are we going to see, you know, Andre Iguodala in the series? You know, like, are they going to now all of a sudden play him a bunch of minutes to defend LeBron is, does he still have what it takes to defend LeBron? You know, like he, he's, he's, you know, much older now than he was, what was it now? Five years ago or whatever, when he had that series against them, um, when he was with Cleveland. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but I still think Lakers in five here. How do you feel about LeBron? Like, I'm, you know, a neutral observer, I, and I just feel like LeBron just gets criticized no matter what he does. I mean, he was ridiculous Le- in that LeBron fourth quarter. LeBron ruined his own reputation with the decision. Yeah, but that was years ago. Can we get over I know, again? but people still now, his whole perception of him changed because of it. Do you know what the, the other reason is? Because of the stupid Jordan comparisons. And the Jordan lovers and worshipers just can't even fathom that LeBron is in the conversation. And anytime he does something well, it pisses them off. Yeah. I mean, I mean he, is, he does a lot of politicking. Obviously, he built his team in Miami. Then he went to the Cle- Cleveland, where he was still, you know, he was definitely a much better, you know, player overall with Cleveland. He didn't have the sporting cast. You know, Kyrie was great, obviously. Kevin Love, give or take. Um, you know, but it's just it's more to the fact that he's been like manufacturing the, these championships where people aren't trying to give him his, his due. Uh, you know, and like you said, a lot of people look at Jordan, a lot of people look at Kobe and they think, all right, those guys were there. They, they, you know, won with the teams that were around them. It was tougher, you know, yada, yada, yada. This and, isn't even a good team. I know we got Anthony Davis. So you're going to tell me, all right, they got two of the top five players yeah, in the NBA. It, it this is, is not bro. a good roster, bro. He should have won the MVP. I agree. He deserves to be well, pissed I'm, off. I'm not even that. arguing that. I'm okay with Giannis. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. Whatever. That I'm not even. But this is not a good roster, man. Danny Green, Caldwell Polk, Dwight Howard, Marquise Morris. Yeah, Kuzma. but it, it's it's good enough because all those guys are are good enough role players. It's not like total scrub a scrub lineup for them. And like you said, he go. He but is this the team he manufactured? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, he won. But wait, but, all right, he traded got, away all of their young talent to get Anthony Davis for one superstar. They didn't get another one. Well, I mean, you can't, you, you can't fault them for you can't fault them for you wouldn't have traded that for Anthony Davis. I think, yeah, I think you want. I think you want Anthony Davis at cost. I don't know if he thought he was going to get Kawhi. Well, Kawhi Leonard did it with Paul George. That didn't work out clearly. Like you well, know what I'm saying? Paul George wasn't the well, yeah, but Paul George also hasn't been the player. That AD has at least been to to LeBron, you know, like that. I just think that like people take LeBron for granted. The guy's thirty. He's the best. Play, he's the best basketball player I've ever seen. I mean, like he literally can do anything you want. You know, he he's built. You know, he's a six nine power forward that is one of the best passers. He's one of the best defenders when he wants to be. You know, like he can hit the shot when he needs to hit the shot. Um, I but I, I feel like. Once he left Cleveland the first time and did the whole decision, people were like, oh, okay, this guy doesn't have what it takes to win. He needs to build his own championships. He needs to, like, you know, he cares about getting what Jordan had, you know, and he's, he's buying his way to do it. Like, I feel like there's a lot of perception around LeBron in that, in that manner. And for it, it kind of, like, tarnishes how people think about him. But you never hear one bad thing about the guy. He's never had a single off-court problem. Uh, you know, for me, I'm a Celtics fan. So like I have sort of my own, you know, uh, not hatred for him, but like, you know, he had all those rivalry games with the Celtics that I grew up with, Paul Pierce, Garnett, Allen, like he beat those teams and went back and forth with them. So like, 
I have sort of like a competition hatred for him, right. but I give him a ton of respect. He's the best player that there is in the game by far. He's appeared in nine of the last 10 finals now. Yeah. I mean, I it's just, I feel like people are shitting on him when it's towards the end of his career. He's still at his age, one of the best, if not the best players in the NBA. And like, people are going to realize, wow, how good was this guy when he's gone in a couple years, you know? And again, I'm not, it's not like I'm a, I don't really have an NBA team. I'm kind of objective and neutral here, but I just feel like people just are waiting for him to fail to crap. What league over. assists this year? I know it's he had a triple double in Game Six, and I don't know. I mean, he averaged five. twenty-five, ten, and and seven on the season. I mean, it's it's just yeah. What is there more? He's thirty-five years old, and he, he puts up. 25, 10, and 7 in his... And he's you know, been playing deep into the season every year since he was 18 when he came yeah. in the league. Well, never There's not a lot of wear and tear on that body. Yeah, since he was 19, yeah. And joined the league in 19, 2003. Here he is in 2020 going to another NBA Finals. Never averaged less than 20 points per game for a season. Uh, his game has evolved all the ways. We continue to be a great passer defensively. He's always been there. I mean, like you said... The the hatred for him is purely, I feel like, people think that he's selfish in the way he politics. Um, you know, on the court, he's always complaining for call. Did you see the highlight the other day? He was complaining for a call midair for a layup. Like, he's looking at the referee as he was finishing his layup, calling for the call. Like, yeah, I mean, look, a lot of guys do that. I don't like it. Just, like, play, finish the play. I understand that. and But a lot of players do that. And the other thing is, too, like, how many players are we going to see now spend one their whole career with one team. And like, that's the past. Like, it just yeah. doesn't happen anymore. No, I, I, listen, I agree with you. I, he's fantastic. People who are, uh, Duke, the, I think we discussed this. Could you imagine if the Lakers did what the Clippers did? And folded? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, oh, dude, LeBron would never hear the end of it. You don't hear any criticism of Kawhi. And I know Kawhi's not a, and I don't want to rip Kawhi, but I mean, that was embarrassing. We'll, no, you, everybody ripped Doc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kawhi, and look, Kawhi is a guy that doesn't want to spotlight. He's quiet, but he deserves criticism. He did not play well in those last three games, man. Yeah. If that was LeBron, forget it, man. Like we would, we would still, it would still lead Sports Center on a football Sunday. Yeah, it would. It'd be a headline forever. Uh, I also, well, I was iffy on the Paul George uh, pairing with Kawhi as well. I felt like again, they, those two guys weren't really great playing off of one another you know it seemed like they both have the same skill set uh, i know george is, is a decent outside shooter still no excuse bro you don't blow 3-1 nah, uh, you agree. just can't do it you I can't agree. do it i agree i agree although lou williams wasn't good i don't know what happened yeah, lou williams wasn't good montrose harrell wasn't any good i mean like they, you know their role players kind of faded at the end marquis morris or marcus morris rather uh wasn't as good at the end of the series as he was earlier on in the series they don't have any guards you know pat bev was hurt for most of that series i mean yeah they, you, they need to definitely uh you know reggie jackson ended up not really being a big pickup for them at all so um yeah they, they definitely had some depth production issues do you think because i do that lebron james's influence on anthony davis to be mentally tougher and play through these injuries was a factor because we didn't really see davis miss many games outside of that one where he landed really hard on his back and missed four or five games i think lebron james was a influence mentally helping Anthony Davis play through stuff. 
I think that could be the case. I also think Davis was probably a little bit more willing to play through some of these things because he was on a team that actually had a chance. True. Uh, Good point. I think I think that had a lot more to do with it. You know, if you're in, you know, flying around New Orleans on a team that's not gonna win more than they lose, you know, are you gonna play through the stub toe or are you just gonna be like, eh, I'll collect my game check and watch, you know, someone else play? Yeah, not as many visits to the locker room. I always said he must have had a woman in there, man, because he would go so often. I'm like, it's like every game. Remember what was the the Twitter account? Is Anthony Davis hurt? Yes, or yeah, something like yes, that. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think he had something in that locker room. But I guess LeBron said, "Look, stay committed, play through stuff, be tough. We'll win a championship." And they still haven't done it yet. So still got four more wins to go. But uh, I at least hope. I hope. Look, the playoffs have been great. I, I really do think I've been entertained. I love like watching these games. We've got a lot of close games. So I'm just hoping that we at least get a competitive series. I agree with you. I mean, again, I'm not expecting it to be overly competitive. I still think Lakers win in five. But, you know, again, the, I feel like maybe I'm just underselling Miami. They've proved they're, they're in the, the finals. I mean, they're, they've grinded their way through, through three series against teams that are all ranked higher than them. So. Oh, by the way, the Celtics had an 80.8% win probability with yeah, nine minutes left. <laughs> I tweeted I tweeted it out. They were up five, po- five points. Six, with- wasn't it? 96-90? Yeah, so so when I tweeted out, they were up, uh, I think it was like five points with eight minutes to go. Uh, Jimmy Butler just hit a free throw. They inbounded the ball. Jason Tatum drilled it up, passed it to Marcus Smart in the corner, and 10 seconds went off the clock, and Smart just chucked up a three, bricked it, and then Tyler Hero went down the court, hit a shot, they come back up. They miss another possession. Tyler Hero comes down, ties the game. In, in 60 seconds, a five-point lead evaporates. And I tweeted, I was like, the moment Marcus Smart took this shot, I said to myself, we're screwed. I'm like, there's they, they that was a hurry shot. And, and, I, and I followed up with that tweet being, Celtics won game five. Marcus Smart took just nine shots because he's a role player. In game six, he was your, he took the second most shots on the team. You, you don't do that. That's not what Marcus Smart should be doing. That's not how you win basketball games. Marcus Smart should not be taking 20-plus shots a game, taking 14 threes. That's not how you win basketball games as your guy who should be the fourth scoring option on your team. Jalen Brown was actually the most efficient shooter in the entire series, and yet he was constantly being passive when it came to shooting the basketball, except for game five, when he hit, I think he took like 24 shots or something like that, and the Celtics won. I, just, I was just looking at those numbers, and I tweeted out early on too, Marcus Smart Tate leading the team in shots in the first quarter was not how I wanted this game to go. Like, I, as soon as it became a Marcus Smart game, I just was knew bad things were going to happen, even though they had the lead. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he had more shots than Brown, more shots than Kemba, and that's not what you want. And especially the no. fourth scoring option. And they he led the, Tatum, and Brown, he, Kemba, Smart, maybe. <laughs> like, depends if Hayward's out there, you know? And he led them in three-point attempts with 13. So it's four of them. Like, it's just it's amazing, though, like because like the Celtics just they had lapses of not uh, I think it was game four awful turnovers, man. Like just I was like, what are they doing? There was a stat uh, before last game, I think it was that the Celtics had led for 75 percent of the minutes played in the series and were down three games to one and going into game five. Yeah, they and left a lot of it was five percent of turnovers. The they had like the, a stretch where they would. There was one stretch where they turned it over like five times in a row, and with like dumb passes, yeah. not taking care of the basketball. And tonight they only had ten turnovers, and they still lost by twelve. Man, yeah, but, it was bad shooting. They fell yeah. apart at the end of the game. 
Yeah. They fell apart at the end of the game. They couldn't hit their shots. They were settling for threes. They got that lead because they were driving to the hole the whole time and they were getting layups. They were getting points in the paint. And then all of a sudden they go up five and just started jacking up threes. They weren't hitting them. And then they're going down the court and Hero started hitting shots after not hitting shots all game. Uh, Bam was unstoppable, which I said in the playbook today. I was like, Bam had a bad game last week. He's not last game. I'm like, he's going to bounce back. You just have to trust that he's going to bounce back. He's been dominant all series. I don't think all of a sudden Daniel Tice has figured out how to defend Bam Adebayo and Tice fouls out in 22 minutes. I mean, like, he was an absolute animal today. Well, the big difference, and I had tweeted this out, I said it's polar opposites of these teams when it comes to killer instinct, and I just saw a stat. They, Miami had the third best clutch performance since in any series since 1997 they're like plus 28 in clutch points and you saw it like they didn't show any it felt like the celtics were playing scared when the game got close and the heat were were confident as hell yeah well the problem was when anytime the game got close it, it be, the ball got stuck with boston and it literally just became like tatum taking like sidestep threes kemba walker was doing these like uh you know double clutch threes like trying to draw fouls um, one of the one of the last possessions of the game, uh, they were doing a pick and roll, and Smart flopped to try to get a, a defensive foul call and fell into Walker, who then turned the ball over, and the rest didn't call. Didn't call. So like Smart basically trying to flop caused a turnover on his own team. Like it, I'm just like, oh my god, it was brutal. And then you know Duncan Robinson's hitting 35 foot threes, just like the ending daggers, like. <sighs> yep, tough way to end, tough way for the season to go. There's going to be big changes, I think, in Boston next year. Gordon Hayward's going to opt in. He's had that one-year opt-in. I think they could they could look to trade him to a team that needs to hit the, the cap floor, um, you know, and we'll have to see what happens with that team because I don't think, you know, they need a big. They need someone, man. I've been They needed it for four years. You know, I'm glad Daniel Tice is a nice little role player, but he shouldn't be your starter. So uh, let's see if they can do something somewhere and pull in a center uh, a lot of the the hot topics around Boston recently has been trying to get a guy like Miles Turner. I don't necessarily know if he's the answer, but he's better than Daniel Tice. Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought that would be a seven game series, and uh, it's amazing that the Celtics were favored in every game. <laughs> that is just unbelievable. They led for most of the series. They just like will have these small runs at the end where they lose it. Still, but like you see a team win at six, and they weren't favored for one game. I, know. I mean, I know it's different because there's no home court. If if game three was in Miami, they probably would have been favored. That's probably true. I agree. I agree. Which is, it's honestly made it, I've picked up my sports wagering in NBA. I went through a real rough stretch because everything is the same every freaking game, bro. It's right. like, for real, like the spread in Boston, Miami was always around two, three. Lakers was always six to seven, and the over-unders haven't changed enough. By the way, uh, Vegas has not adjusted. Like, I've taken the overs. Uh, let me see. I have it written down here. One, two, three, four, um, four straight games. I've taken the over, and it is hit. They have not adjusted. So, obviously, it's a new series, and I believe it's 217.5 for game one. That's Wednesday. Haven't decided yet. Got to look at some things, but, uh, yeah. They took a while to adjust. Uh, they actually never did for these last uh, series with the total. Uh, I think the overs hit in. Uh, so what do we have? We had five, 11 games in the conference finals. I think the over hit maybe on eight or nine of them. Usually you feel you see teams tightening up with defensive 
you know, defensively and, and the totals don't go as high. But like you said, if they weren't adjusting, uh, then the numbers always stayed low enough to hit the over. And I noticed Boston and Miami the last couple of games, they were playing at a little bit of a faster pace. That's why I was leaning towards the over. And obviously tonight smashed. It was 215, 215 and a half and went over easy. But it's never easy. That's the lesson. You think it's easy yeah. and then you lose a bunch straight. I'm just saying I saw a little trend, took advantage of it. Oh, NBA that's what it's about. Different. It's about identifying those trends. You got to get in on it early, you know, uh, before everybody else sort of figures out, uh, you know, <laughs> what's going on. Obviously, it's a little different in, in sports betting uh, than, you know, the DFS world. Uh, you know, one of the things I was I tweeted out earlier this week was trying to look at some matchup confirmations. Uh, one of them was uh, slot receivers against Buffalo. Uh, week one, Jamison Crowder torched them. Week two, Mike Gesicki, uh, you know, had put up a big number against them. And then today, Cooper Cup out of the slot, another big game, over 100 yards and a score. So, uh, you know, finding those little matchup trends, uh, you know, if you jump on them early enough and you get the low enough ownership in those GBP contests, the MS contests, then they can be. Uh, beneficial to you there that's uh what we do at fantasy alarm we do those we dig find that that information for you guys to use and win that money yeah amen to that all right guys we're gonna wrap this up here uh another edition of andy up on the solid ass podcast network adam thanks for joining me for you guys uh we'll catch you all next time